T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nothing better than watching southern markets adapt to getting snow. We we're just seeing the uh, the squall that hit. Uh, was that that was Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, Nashville got hit pretty good. We're watching this Tennessee game. I think they moved it because of the weather. That's why it's at five o'clock today on a random Tuesday. But uh, yeah, they got they got hit pretty good. I mean, they, a city like Nashville or Charlotte, like you can't deal with five six inches of snow when. It would just freeze, or you would just have any sort of snow on the ground, like not even fully covered. Snow would be done. It was the coming from Ohio, where like now there are days like today the roads were awful. They were terrible. This there morning. was significant amount of snow falling at like five forty-five, and they've got to call it at six because when the the school when school starts. And I was so blown away. I was like, wait, we're not calling for this. Like it's nine degrees. That's why, honestly, I would be the worst superintendent because I just call school off left and right, like not a dude, shot dude, in hell. I'm going in in this bleep. So we've our superintendent's like kind of funny, and he like plays games with the kids and with the parents. Like even like last night, like he sent out like this note, and everyone thought it was probably going to be like the school was canceled this morning, and it was just like, hey, just want to remind you that our. Uh, our, our nine weeks, uh, whatever reports are coming out, or I don't, you know, the stupid. It was like something. It was like typically that's like when you get the snow uh-huh. day, like call or text or whatever. But by the way, we just got ours. Our kids are off tomorrow, so I would. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I would buckle under that. As a as a kid, would I would have thought it was funny as hell. As a parent, it would cause a nervous breakdown. I can't handle these games. I need to know whether these little bastards are going or not. Okay, <laughs> all right. And honestly, I, mean, I, I think we all know that like tomorrow the windshield is going to be like minus 20 and no child should be waiting at a bus stop. Um, get a little character. Yeah, but not every kid has enough. That's fair. Apparel to, to keep that them is warm. fair. But I just remember and this is uh, OK. This is 100 percent. I don't disagree with you. It builds character. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you got to toughen up to a certain point until and really until you get frostbite. Well, that's that's sort of the line we cross, you know, it's probably a good line, probably, you know, what you're probably thinking a little more clearly about this. I just remember, you know, the the year we lived in Chatham in between living in Wadsworth and Dayton. I remember that we lived out there for a year. My, my mama lives on just flat land. There's just nothing to protect you. And I remember having to go into my Carhartt jacket and I could pull it over my knees and I would just use my breath to keep my body warm and. I'm I'm somebody who has a, a a paralyzing fear of being late, so I would always be at the bus stop ten minutes early. And oh man, the fact that I have all my digits 
still that, that's, attached. That's, that's kind of a miracle. I mean, we it, it's a wonder Darwinism didn't claim me to this point because I, good God, it was brutal. But yes, so the weather, a lot of fun. I just can't imagine what Buffalo's going through. Like seeing the work that it put in to get the game ready yesterday, like honestly, that to me is the thing that I would I would actually enjoy about being in a blizzard type condition multiple times uh, a, a friggin' year, which is what happens in Buffalo, because those people just it's like it, it's like built a sense of community where they're just like, We're not gonna let snow stop us. And I, meanwhile, I'm like, I will absolutely let snow stop us. Yeah, and not just do they not let snow stop them. They've got like equipment for everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like, eh, no big deal. Just a foot of snow. And like the process of how they can just get rid of that snow is like, it's like an assembly line. Not just, not just they have something. They have like the biggest snow moving machines you could ever see. Yeah. Like it, it is, it's like a combine, like a, like a big tractor, but just for snow. And I'm like, man. I don't ever want to live in a place that has that or needs to have that, but I do want to have one of those. Man, the the year and a half I spent in Minnesota was a lot of fun. So I was there for really just one long, cold winter, mm-hmm. and our all of our neighbors had 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 sleds, snowmobiles, and so like when this they loved it. Like when the snow would come down. I mean, people would be taking the snowmobiles. I lived in a town called Chaska, and they had like on the side of the road there was there were tracks. So people don't even take their cars. They take their their sleds out and they go in to like Target and like park their snowmobiles outside. I'd still rather live in a warm area, but I do. Again, I like it was pretty cool, man. So uh, we did. We've spent a lot of of today talking about the fallout from this loss. I think it's interesting. Are Browns fans already over the loss? I'm just I'm casting a wide net here as we start this this conversation. Have you guys moved on from this loss? Or are are you in denial? Like, where are we with this? Because I started the show by saying I'm at the, what's it? Uh, let's see, denial, acceptance, bargaining, depression. That's where I was. It does feel like a fair amount of Browns fans just don't want to face the conversations we have to face. I'm not, we're not getting any like, criticism. I'm not responding because of social media. But it does feel like we're... It's like day three of an immense hangover, and everybody just needs to kind of keep it quiet. Let's have some football on in the background, but let's really not talk too much. That's what it feels like, That where the conversation is with the Browns. Of Well, we're going to have to have the Flacco conversation. Well, we got to have this conversation. What do you do around the team? All those kind of things. But you know what? Maybe we can put that conversation off. This is as dead as I can remember. And honestly, it goes all the way back to the Jets game. I have to retroactively give Ken a lot of credit. Um, he had talked a little bit about the lack of buzz last week. I feel like for a Browns team that we were all super hyped about, it just feels like we've kind of been in chill mode since the Jets game. And I don't think we ever came out of it. I think that's sort of fair. Is so it? I, so I kind of wish we would have just played the guys against the Bengals. I was called yesterday for saying that this was – the. Saturday was the the ultimate um, concern I, I, that I had. The reason I say that, by the way, is just because they came out so flat. And it's like you had so much momentum. Imagine you're twelve and five going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're twelve and five going into the you know, the final game. No, I'm kidding. That's my Collinsworth. It's not a bad one. It wasn't terrible. But uh, no, I mean, I I just think it, it slowed things down a little bit. 
and it's unfortunate. I so here's the thing. I do think it mattered. I really do. I don't think it's the reason why you lost. Cause the defense coming out soft on the road was something that we saw most of this season. But do I think that it gave the Texans an opportunity to get out on the lead, out out in front of the Browns early? And then from the rest of the game, the Browns played, tried to play catch up? Yes. Do I think that playing catch up made Joe Flacco the maybe succumb to some of his lesser angels? Yes. And that to me is why the loss is about the defense. Like we we had the conversation earlier. You know, what what can you actually bring back from this year? What can you roll over? What is what is something that you can carry over? Is that culture? Is that this? I think I think you can actually have a better defense next year. But I think that starts with figuring out why the hell this defense couldn't show up in the back half of the year on the road, in the first half. Because you can't be the best defense in the NFL and play like that on the road versus when you played at home, you looked like the 85 Bears. I'm not saying there isn't a gap. Every team in the NFL, not every team, but almost every team in the NFL, there's a difference between who they are at home and who they are on the road. It just can't look like you're the best team in the defense or you're the best team in the best defense in the NFL at home and you're the 20th best defense on the road. And I don't know how you figure that out. Like what's the what's the fix there? Better coaching? I don't know. Like I I really I I don't know. I don't think it is a coaching thing. And I I I struggle to put it on the locker room because the locker room clearly had a bunch of good dudes who played their ass off. Is it just that maybe they were a little overrated at home? That's certainly possible. Because I'll be honest with you, there were attacks on the the wide nine scheme variously from Browns fans. Oh, you can't stop the run, which, by the way, the Browns disproved. Or, well, but, you know, coverage. Nope, nope, the Browns disproved that as well. And I didn't really see, like, I don't know. like Because here's the thing. I was going to say, like, the Browns are also one of the sloppiest defenses for penalties. I mean, how many times could Miles Garrett get a you're over the line or you're, what is it, encroachment called on him this year? That's the thing that actually did piss me off in the playoff game. The one time he actually didn't come across the line, he was called for it. Jack CLE 512 saying, when callers were talking about the Super Bowl last week, I started preparing for the loss, so I'm over it now. Okay. Does that mean, because I think, you know, last week we had the conversation, are we sleeping on the Texans? That conversation was meant to be about fans and about how ever since the Jets game, we just kind of were quieter about the Browns. And I didn't know if that was confidence. I didn't know if that was just waiting to get to a game that mattered. Was Saturday proof that the Browns didn't take the Texans seriously? I don't know that they didn't take them seriously. I think sometimes you just hit a buzzsaw and you're not ready for it. And then when certain things happen and spirals out of control, you're on the road. The environment matters. It gets into your head a little bit and there's no way out of it. I mean, you you didn't have an Aaron Rodgers in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Flacco and Flacco has been fine, um, better than fine, frankly. But I mean, in a situation like that, where you get behind 17 points, 24 points, like you just, there's nothing you can do. And the, and the defense at that point in time were like, 
oh, what are we going to do? And we're just giving up big play after big play, and then our quarterback throws two pick sixes, the game's over, and you're thinking about where you're going to vacation. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I do think that the rematch mattered. Be, uh, what I mean is they did a better job at learning from the first matchup than you did. And it seemed like everything you tried in that first matchup, they were ready for, whether it was offensively or defensively. And because of that, they just took you to task and kind of picked you apart. But it it didn't look like the Browns had learned those same lessons. Let's go with Chris. Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, guys. Hey, I, talking about the defense on the road, I almost think part of it was the artificial turf. Like the Colts game, we got kind of torn up on big plays. The Rams game, the Texans game, it seems like our DBs kind of overcommit. And then on turf against fast players, it seemed like they just couldn't catch up. I mean, I think that's – you saw it in the Colts game. You saw that when uh, in this Texans game to a huge degree. And I wonder if it's – I mean – I think having two undrafted rookie safeties and Thornhill hurt and then Ward beat up, they just didn't look fast enough on the back end to catch up to some of these receivers. Chris, appreciate it, buddy. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the speed was something that was noticeable in that game, but what was funny is the Browns' defense actually was pretty fast. Like, Greg Newsom is not a slow guy. Denzel's not no. slow. And I know the safety thing, you know, maybe Ronnie Hickman isn't a single high safety. Maybe he's more closer to in-the-box kind of player. But, like, the speed thing was befuddling to me because it didn't matter against Houston. Like, look look to any of the other turf games. It didn't seem to matter as much as it did in this game. It just, Honestly, and I, I don't like this explanation because it, it opens up a bigger question. It's just... It- it's just teams that give you misdirection. It's the Ravens. It's um, what you saw against the Texans. It's what you've seen at times against, uh, I think, some of the other teams we faced this year. Um, I mean, obviously, Brock Purdy wasn't himself, and those guys were all hurt. But, I mean, like, the Colts gave you some of that, too. I mean, it's it's a problem for this defense, and they've got to find a way to adjust to that when they come out, come out next year. What's crazy is they played their best game of the year against San Francisco. Again, at home. That is that is the anomaly there. All the other direction or most of the other direct uh, misdirection teams were on the road, but man, like <laughs> night and the difference between looking like the absolute best defense in yeah. the NFL against San Francisco against misdirection versus looking like uh, Joe Woods' defense against misdirection. Two one six four seven four double zero nine two. Fred stick there. Tito stick there. Mikey stick there. Gladys stick there. We'll get to you guys here. But I was asking, do you guys think this defense, why do you think the defense came out against Houston the way that it did? And do you think that was a one-and-done situation? Steve on, on Twitter saying, I think I need therapy. I still talk to my buddy and say, uh, where are we meeting for the Saturday's Ravens game? Uh, we prove we can't rest players. Should have had starters play a half against the Bengals. Uh, Nathan on Twitter saying, I'm in such disbelief on how we lost it, made it feel like it wasn't even a playoff game. Uh, that Ultimately, that is why I, I despise being the first team into the playoffs. Like the, the upside always is going to be if you win, you get to gloat the rest of the weekend. The rest of the weekend is carefree, and you just kind of get to get ready for whoever you're going to face in, in round two. However, the downside was 
being the first out in the playoffs makes it feel like you were never there, which is insane. The idea that the Browns were this successful and we are four days out and it really just feels like a generation ago the Browns were in the playoffs. Yeah, two days ago. Basically. Two and a half. Three. Four? Three? I guess it was Saturday. I keep thinking Sunday. but It's okay. Whatever. Saturday playoff games melt my brain as well. Tone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, doing well, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so two things. One with just like the Browns hangover. You know, like I didn't hear much, you know, craziness from the morning show either. Uh from fans and I, I think it's maybe because of the way it got out of hand but to just you know the overall things that we expected to happen that didn't happen throughout the, the season with our injuries you know we always expected you know like our line with their, their situation and it falling apart and it never seemed to fall apart and I think we and lost I our think we lost our guest there. that was going to be uh he's you know Popping in there for a moment. So, uh, sorry about that, buddy. I, I don't know what happened. I don't think it was on our end. Um, yeah, man, it's funny. Like, it's funny be, because it's the blowout. Like, you couldn't design a worse end of the season for you than what happened to the Browns. Which is, you go on the road, and you get really just beat from the first punch, and you just never recover. And I wonder, like, is there a concern... For anybody else, because I've been thinking about this a lot. I haven't brought it to the air because of this. Anybody concerned that this could carry over to next year? Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the ultimate lesson from this season, if this season was in fact real, what I mean by that is if the Browns' ability to win with that five seasons, not real. It's real. Uh, the ability to win with uh, four different quarterbacks. Sorry, Jeff Driscoll. The number one defense, if that's real, if the culture that developed this year, if that's real, then you won't have a hangover next year. This loss will not linger. You guys, the, the organization will get on the right page. They'll they'll have another good offseason, and next year will be a 10-plus win team in the playoffs again. But we always assume it's going to go the best way. Oh, you learned your lesson. I think back to the Cavs. And the Cavs got absolute. The same thing that happened to the Browns in the playoffs is the same thing that happened to the Cavs in the playoffs last year, which is you looked like you didn't belong. You got boat raced. There was one good game. There were a couple more competitive games, but by and large, it was a gentleman sweep. And you were the favorite team. You were the better seed. You had home field, uh, home court advantage going into that. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think 
that loss to the Knicks made the Cavs any better. If anything, it felt like it only highlighted and accentuated the areas where they weren't, where there was either overlap or, quite frankly, they weren't very good. And if if it had made the Cavs better, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, maybe you don't see the cracks in the foundation there. Uh, Darius and Donovan, maybe they commit to the offense. And I don't know injuries are a thing here, but I can't help but look at these Browns and and look at what the Cavs have done. And I know, like, people are going to say 9-13. and 13. Guys, they faced the Wizards twice. They beat a bunch of Jamoke teams. I'll believe that they're this team when they're doing this. Uh, they got multiple games against Milwaukee coming up. They've got multiple games that they could turn this thing around and show us that they're real. Oh, and by the way, even then, we got to wait till Darius Garland and Evan Mobley come back to truly know how good they are. You cannot tell me that the Cavs' wonky start to the season wasn't directly tied to the end of the postseason, and that's 100% of fear this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like that cultural thing we were talking about? The best way to prove that that's no longer an issue moving forward is to go out there and, I don't know, win 12 games next year. But as we saw, you can start fast, you can start slow. It doesn't really matter in the NFL. Over 18 weeks, the truth will out. And that's what drives me absolutely insane. The idea of having to wait a full year to truly know how much of this was real and how much of this was a one-year shebang. I think it was real. I don't. I don't know how much of a of a you call it a shebang. I believe so. That's a that's a medical term. I believe a shebang. <laughs> You're a shebang. I try to. She bang. She bang. Look at me with those doe eyes. I'm giving you some salt and vinegar you, you, eyes. You gave me the salt and vinegar eyes. It's always a pleasure to be in Dustin's bedroom. Yeah, you, you had it. Uh, Jay saying on Twitter, a worse end is if it happened at home. Yeah, but I I don't think I think that only would have made it incrementally worse. Also, I don't think I don't think it happens the same way. This is where if you really want to be pissed at something, you should be pissed at the stupid way the NFL schedules the playoffs. If the Browns, who would have, would have had the third best record in the AFC, if you just traditionally seeded them, right? Win loss yeah. and all the other stupid tiebreakers they had. If the Browns, had, if it had just been that way, I think the Browns are still in the playoffs. And given that they would be the three seed, carry the two, that means you'd be playing Buffalo this weekend in Buffalo, then your season probably ends. But, like, I don't know. I just can't get over the fact that, like, this season has to have been real. I think that's, I think maybe that, you know, we talked a little bit about the hangover with Browns fans. How much of this is just Browns fans don't want it to be over because they don't think it's going to transfer over next year or that they're worried at the idea of a hangover? I think a lot of fans are, and I think a lot of fans are uncertain and scared because we just got this great run, 11 wins, playoff run, all that stuff, and then next year you're getting your quarterback back, you're getting your running back back, and if it falls short, then I think people are are really going to be not jumping off the bandwagon, but concerned because like you can't go from this season and then next season, take a step back. Ben on Twitter saying getting blown out by the Texans in the playoffs is far from the first, uh, the worst way to end the season. Five different starting quarterbacks and going five and 12 sounds much worse. 
this team held on for as long as they could dealing with injury after injury. Um, maybe I should have been more clear. It's the worst way you could have drawn up exiting in the playoffs, which is you were the first game in, you were on the road, and you got blown out. Yes, there are worst regular season ways to end, but in terms of being in the playoffs, getting boat raced on the road to a team that you beat three weeks ago, and not and, and not just boat raced, you didn't have a chance with from the final 20 minutes of clock time. That feels about as bad as it can get in the playoffs. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.